Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Click, 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 there it goes. Whee! All right. You sure? I see it. So you it must sure? be working. All right. Well, then welcome to part two of our favorite LPs from 1982. Yes. And welcome to What Difference Does It Make? Yes. Welcome, 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 as John Oliver says. Yes. Um, yeah, 1982 was a pretty good year. Yeah. Um, so we have, uh, in our previous episode, to bring you up to date, uh, I, I went over some albums that I actually had in 1982 that I actually bought at either the Warehouse or Licorice Pizza or something like that. Moby Disc or Music Plus. Correct. Yes. One of those places. Yes. Places in the, the West San Fernando Valley. Um, so those were albums I bought. And then um, I'm, I'm going to, uh, at, with this list, I'm going to talk about a couple records that I discovered later in life. As we, as I matured, that and were released in 1982. They were yes, they just got, yes, they came out in 82, and um, you know you're then, so thorough and thoughtful about this. Well, I tried to do whatever I could to, to bring whatever <laughs> I can. You did well to whatever this is that we're doing here. All right, so give me um, the first one. So then. actually, um, all right, we can I get started right away. <laughs> we don't have to. We can actually, we can blather as, on about. As I was looking at, um, it touched on this. Uh, uh, on the last episode, but um, in 1982 was the year that uh, solo records came out from uh, from artists that were testing the waters of uh, of, of leaving their band. Um, there was Lionel Richie. Oh. He, he had a big hit with Truly. Formerly a Commodore. Uh, yes. And um, that's actually a really good song. I hadn't listened to Truly in a long, long time. Yeah. It's a really good love song. I mean, it's kind of sappy, but I, I, I mean, it's just the way he put that song together, I think it's just, I love it. I okay. really do like I, that. I respect that. And again, I respect him as an artist. I was never a huge fan. I, I like the Commodores. I like the funkiness yeah. of the Commodores. I was not a huge Lionel Richie fan. However, I have heard his show in Vegas Yeah, is phenomenal. Oh, I would love to see, Me too. see Lionel. Um, okay. Then also uh, Don Henley came out with a record. His first. Yes, he did. I Can't Stand Still, which I believe you touched on was uh, one of your uh, um, consolation prizes. I love Don Henley, so I'm putting the disclaimer on it. I love him. I'm a huge, huge fan um, of the Eagles and Don Henley as a solo artist. That album did produce Dirty Laundry, which was a great, really great, clever song. Still relevant. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. If not more so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, his second record was the one that... uh, 
with Heart of the Matter. Oh, okay. it's my favorite oh, songs see, of all time. See, you love love songs. Don't poo-poo truly by Lionel Richie when you're going. It's his personal opinion. All right, whatever. I respect that. I respect you. I'm not making fun of your musical taste. Fair enough. But Heart of the Matter, that's another one that makes me cry. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's because he's apologizing. He made a mistake. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah. But it's applicable in so many ways. Okay. Anyway, what else? Um, well, D- Donald Fagan also oh. came out with his first solo record, Called? The Nightfly. Oh. Yeah. Huh. Okay. It's good. Yeah, it's a really good record. If you can look at this. Um look back at the uh, Nightfly. That was that was uh right. there's yeah, um some good stuff on there. Uh I keep forgetting about this one. This is uh Michael McDonald had his first solo record. I say keep forgetting because that was his hit song. I keep Sweet Freedom? forget No, I keep forgetting we're not in love anymore. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't forget. Things will never be the same again. Oh, poor Michael! But that was a that was a big hit. And that was his poor. that was his first solo album. Because you know, formerly sang with Steely Dan. Yes. Formerly sang background for everyone. Finally, he's like, you know what? I'm going to do this on my own. I'm breaking free from the Doobie Brothers and Steely Dan. I'm going to do my own thing. And uh, yeah, and he did. He's, he's a great he's, voice. He's, he's doing pretty well for himself. <laughs> he did all right. Um, and the last solo record, which I thought, which this might be on your list, so I don't know if I should mention it. Um, probably not. Okay, I won't mention. No, oh, it's prob- probably not on my list. Okay, because he, this was, uh, he, he was in a band called Generation X. Oh, I did not choose Billy Idol because that wasn't one of my favorite albums from Billy Idol. Ah, uh, but White Wedding. I know. Okay. No, no, you appreciate that one. I love it. It gets an honorable mention. Okay, I have some appreciations too. Is what <laughs> I put down here. Oh, to steal a phrase. Yes, for you. Like, yeah. okay, I appreciate it, but they, um, I like these records, but, uh, but I, I don't know. I, I don't think I, I, don't think I, I don't think I bought, well, I did buy a few of these actually, but I didn't have them anymore. I probably sold them back. <laughs> Wait, are these honorable mentions? Yes. So you're not giving them now. We want to do them I after, will, right? Okay. I will save that for later. Okay. You can do honorable save mentions now. Save it for now. later. Yes. The English, English hint, hint for what might be on my appreciation list. That was 1982. I'm sorry. We're old. No. Okay. We're not old. All right. So um, go ahead. Why don't you, you want to fire it up since I, I blathered on? Oh, well, okay. Again, I, I'm feeling rather obvious, but I can't help myself because these are, you know, my favorites. Split ends, time and tide. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't know what was on that. Oh, album. well, Dirty Creature. You must I don't know, know if this. I, Dirty Creature. <gasps> dirty Creature? I'm not singing it for you again. Oh, you you would know six, mo- six Months in a Leaky Boat. Oh, of course. Yeah. I did love that song. Yeah. I like the okay, breakdown on, on, on that, the, the instrumental breakdown. Yes. Like a sea jaunty. So you probably won't know uh, some of I was some not of into Split Dance. I, 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 I knew the songs that they played on the radio, but I had not this bought into split ends at not all. a deeper appreciation and i haven't yeah and actually i haven't gone back and listened yeah to uh these albums well split ends was actually my i, I really liked crowded house more more than split ends but split ends was my entry into that into the finn, finn mm-hmm. brothers um which I, did, I did not know this about dirty creature um tim finn who is neil's brother yes he had been suffering from panic attacks and he they wrote this song as a relief for that Really? Of course, I don't have any of the lyrics on me, so I can't tell you or relate. So, right. sorry. That's okay. I, <laughs> I, can, 
I could rescue it by telling um, I had XTC as my English uh, English settlement Here. as my um, as an appreciation album. Very good. Also, uh, Andy Partridge, a guy who suffered from mm-hmm. panic attacks. Oh, he did. I know he did. Depression. I think depression he, also. Sta- severe stage fright. Severe. Yeah. There, actually, you can pull it up on YouTube. The moment he loses it, where he's oh. playing, and the the band sounds great. They're in the middle of a song. Um, and it sounds great, and he just puts down his instrument and walks away and, is, and never goes back on the stage again. It was crazy. So anyway. He, it's not in an Axl Rose type of way. No, no. <laughs> yes. He gently put it like I, he just could not deal with whatever it was he was going through. He continued to put out amazing records, yeah. great, great, great pop records. Yeah. But apparently that is a thing. I, and Tim apparently has gotten over it because yeah. he still plays. Right. Is Tim, I don't know if Tim is still playing now. I'm sure he is somewhere. Right. Somewhere, well, I'm sure he's still playing music, but um, it's so I, yeah. I've seen him live before, so he's he's. Playing. Oh yeah, yeah, but not recently. Not recently, no. Okay. All right. Um, so, Dirty Creature was the the lead single, and then Six Months in the Leaky Boat was released. Um, and obviously, both were hits in Australia, and New Zealand. But the third single issued in New Zealand was called "Hello, Sandy Allen," which I'm sure you know. You probably don't know. Um, this song was written about the world's tallest woman. <laughs> How tall is the tallest woman? I again, no but, lyrics. I can't tell you the height of the world's tallest woman. I'm going to look it up. Okay. <laughs> Hello, Wikipedia. Sandy Allen is seven feet seven inches tall. Wow, that's tall. All I had to do was put uh, Sandy Allen tall, and automatically <laughs> it <laughs> pumped out seven feet seven inches. I guess that's what she was known for. That's okay. That's yeah. something. Okay, so that's my that's my split ends time and time. How do you you dedicate a song to the tallest woman? What do you? Because yeah. they're so funny and quirky and interesting and and I know that they weren't making fun of her, even though I don't know the lyrics and in, in half the lyrics in front of me. Okay, that it was respect. I know this. I know this. What's your next pick? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so these are this is an album I discovered later in life. Actually, it was in 1989. I know exactly when I discovered it because uh, Rolling Stone put out the top top albums of the 80s. Okay. I was like, I know all these records, blah, 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 blah. It's, but in the top 10 was this album called Shoot Out the Lights by Richard and Linda Thompson. And it was like number seven, something like that. I'm like, I don't know this. What is this? And do you know this at all? I don't. I saw this one on the charts and I did not know anything about it. Yeah, so I... Yeah, so I went into uh, started uh, <laughs> light, lights came lights on. out. Um, anyway, so I I, um, I started to do the the deep dive into this record, and um, it's it's like a rumors record. It, it's um, Richard and Linda Thompson were married at the time, um, going through a divorce. She was pregnant, um, and they wrote about their divorce in this in this album, and it's. So it's, a concept super album. Pain, it's super painful and real and honest, and it's um, it's really an amazing record. It was, uh, I, I guess, the the history behind it is they they had put out a record in like 1980 or something, and they were opening up for Jerry Rafferty, hmm. you know, all down the line and uh, Baker Street. Street, right? And I guess the label had dropped them, so Jerry kind of took them under their wing and like, oh, uh, you know, then tried to shop their demos that they that they had and put a lot of money into this and was trying to to sell it what happened eventually was that uh, jerry kind of took over control of of the the making of the record and richard was like wait whose record is this 
And so that was never released. He put in a lot of money, but oh. I guess it never saw the light of the day. There's a bootleg. There's bootlegs of it called Rafferty's Folly. <laughs> and um, before Joe could pull the trigger, Joe is Joe Boyd, the producer who's produced some of my, uh, he produced uh, the weirdest uh, REM record, according to for me, which was uh, Fables of the Reconstruction. Uh, he also produced the 10,000 Maniacs record, Wishing Chair, that mm. was, which my entry into 10,000 Maniacs way back in the 60s. Way back in the 60s, he produced uh, Pink Floyd, Arnold Lane. But anyway, he took, uh, so Joy, Joe Boyd had his own label and he produced this record. Okay, so would so, I recognize so, anything from this? And what no. about it struck you in 1989 if it's about them, if it's it a divorce-themed album and you were only... Yeah, I know. I was just, <laughs> I mean, it's it just these breakup songs and it was just, it's just r- real and, yeah. and honest and, you know... Um, but yeah, I mean, so just, deep. Yeah, but just judging from these, from the album or from the song titles, you know, the, don't renege on our love, walking <laughs> on a wire, did she jump or was she pushed, wall of death, which is... Wow. Yeah, R.E.M. covered wall of death too, which they do a really good version of this. Okay. Uh, but yeah, like walking on a wire do you, uh, was like, uh, do you feel the same when I'm away from you? Do you know the line that I'd walk for you? We could turn around or we could give it up, but we'll take what comes, take what comes. Oh, the storm is raging against us now. If you're afraid of falling, then don't look now. But we took the step, we took the leap, and we'll take what comes. They had uh, did she jump or was she pushed? Was also featured on True Detective, the first the first uh, season oh. of that, the good one. Yes, yeah, it was a great Woody Harrelson. Yeah, I mean, just yeah, it was, so it, that was an appropriate song for the moment. And and then Wall of Death is let me ride on the Wall of Death one more time. You can waste your time on other rides. This is the this is the nearest to being alive. Let me take my chances on the wall. Mm. So I, anyway, it was just you know they're they're working <laughs> working through this divorce. I mean, but when the album came out, their marriage was done, um, and I think they still toured a little bit too. Um, Amazing but, that they but, had this platform to work through yeah. their divorce. Oh, yeah, and actually back to Crowded House, I discovered Richard Thompson because he opened up for Crowded House at the Universal Amphitheater. And Richard Thompson is an insane guitarist. He is just amazing. He's a folky, but he's great. He's an amazing, amazing guitarist. Really great. And I think that's another reason I picked up that record was yeah, because, I, him. because I knew him. Okay, now that you say him yeah. alone without his wife, now it's familiar yeah. to me. Yeah. So he was in Fairport Convention. Oh, okay, he's like this, okay. He's this English legendary folk, folky. Yeah. And this album... It's really, it's brilliant. I mean, uh, lyrically, it's great, but just musically, it's really, it's really tremendous too. And that's Richard Thompson. If you ever, Sold. yeah, I'll give it a listen. Yeah, so easier than getting me to watch Ed Wood. <laughs> Goodness, we're gonna watch that movie. People love that. I don't. I right. know. Don't, don't put down Ed Wood. I'm not putting it down. All right. Easier for you to give music. Just open up your mind, would you? Ten, you're sixteen again. <laughs> no. <laughs> You're enjoying the What Difference Does It Make podcast, but we're going to take a break right now, and we'll be right back. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house, and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out. 
because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Well, let's get back to the exciting conclusion of the What Difference Does It Make podcast. Okay. <laughs> I feel like you could have guessed some of these. No. So another one. I get interesting. Not my, not my favorite, but impactful for me. Not my favorite of their albums. It's The Cure Pornography. Okay. Okay. So the, I don't know which, which songs were on that one. Uh, Hanging Garden. Okay. Was their first that that would have been if any if you've heard any of them that's probably the one um, one hundred years. All right. Yeah. I don't think I was on the. I don't think I was jumping on their train yet. Huh, you were jump, jumping, jumping someone else. I was train. jumping on someone else's train. <laughs> yeah. This was interesting. This album, um, it was they were ready to collapse the whole band. The drug you you know the drug use that you've heard about the infighting, um, Robert Smith's depression. Uh, this was the. <laughs> this was their divorce album. Yeah, well, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> interestingly, they, they made it. They they somehow made it through, and they really see this as this album as the conclusion of their their dark early stages, um, that started with seventeen seconds in nineteen eighty. Um, so it was, it was, it made it to eight on the UK album chart, and is this, uh, was this their third record or which one? So there were seventeen seconds, and then this was I think third album okay but i'll have to confirm robert smith in, in an interview this is so heavy and depressing and amazing i wasn't i was we were all listening. pretty happy well, the, but i, I was know, pretty 82 apparently there were a lot of heavy yeah heavy, heavy albums although all that's this... why we listened to lionel richie and truly because that was made us feel good i think you might maybe you're right i don't know there, I, I guess i wasn't aware i mean we were kids but that that there was so much depression or going on around us at the time he said <laughs> Robert Smith said, I had two choices at the time. Where it, one was either completely giving in, meaning committing suicide, or making a record and just getting it out of me. And it was like an exorcism. This is my observation. Mm-hmm. like Almost like an exorcism. He, he just he wanted to go at that time. He was depressed. He said really depressed between 1981 and 82. And he said because they had been touring uh, like 200 days a year, and it got to be a bit much for him. Yeah, but it's it's a good heavy yeah. album. Again, there's just something about it that that drew me in. I can't tell you. I mean, I can sing the lyrics for some of the songs, but I won't. 
And I knew it was, you know, I knew he was depressed and I knew about the drugs, but somehow the music, it's, I, it wasn't relating because that wasn't my state of mind, but there was just something. Yeah. I, oh, I, I found that a lot too, where the music draws you in for some reason, for those gr- those great songs. <laughs> well, yeah, well, those were where the lyrics were forefront, but there's a lot of things where you kind of get the meaning through the music. If it, if the music is good, you kind of feel what, whatever they're trying to convey. Yeah. Or, you know, even if you don't understand the words vocally, they're, they're able to, uh, to draw you Convey, in. Convey, yeah. yeah. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. and that's apparently they, they're very successful at that because they've been doing that for uh, 40 years now. Yeah, 40 years. <laughs> and you might find The Cure, even though this was not necessarily my favorite album um, from them, it'll probably be, if we do favorites from every year, every year they released an album, you'll find what, you'll find that on my. Okay. Well, that's why I left <laughs> REM off there because I knew, all right, we're going to hear enough about REM. Yeah. later all right so what do you have next, what do i Dave? got now all right well the album i discovered later um is uh imperial bedroom by elvis costello and the attractions oh very good choice uh yeah I, um and this was lyrically I, I this is what drew me in i mean he was i, I knew of his you know those first four records and you know i like those a lot i don't think i had those yet i don't think i got into elvis until later mm-hmm. same Probably yeah, it was probably into college, but um, but yeah, when I went back to for Imperial Bedroom, I, I had the cassette of this, so I listened to it a lot. <laughs> I know that uh, I couldn't find the cassette. I was going to try and bring it back, but um, yeah, Imperial Bedroom just uh, just lyrically, it was kind of it was almost like rap music, or just the way his his lyrics mm-hmm. flow. It was just uh, I I just loved it, and the the music he uh, yeah the the producer was Jeff Emmerich, who actually just passed away this month. Um, oh. Yeah, he you know who was engineer for for the Beatles, mm-hmm. Sgt. Pepper. He he was actually he actually uh, produced uh, Paul McCartney's Tug of War. Also, that's oh, <laughs> so uh, there's a connection. Yeah, what were some of the songs? Uh, this not, and not, nothing. These uh, the songs weren't uh, were weren't hits. It was kind of like the Cure mm-hmm. album. I think uh, you know what I I don't even know what the singles were. I remember looking up like there were. Um, I think there was Boy with a Pro- actually Boy with a Problem was written with uh, Chris Difford. Mm. So, you know, there's your squeeze connection. <laughs> um, and, um, yeah, and uh, Nick Lowe had produced all his other records, but this one he took Jeff Emmerich because I guess his Elvis's quote was, I wanted to try a few things in the studio that I suspected would quickly exhaust Nick's patience. <laughs> so, See, they know. Yeah, and so, yeah. I, you know, you listen to, you know, there's a lo- lot of weird instrumental breaks, and sometimes to start off um, one of his songs like one of his pretty songs there's like screams at the beginning of it i wrote down the lyrics for beyond belief which is the opening song it's just uh and i have i you know i just never like i never understood what he was saying but i just like the way the lyrics flow uh history repeats the old conceits the glib replies the same defeats mm-hmm. keep your finger on important issues with crocodile tit with crocodile tears and pocket full of tissues and just you know, just issues and tissues, keep your finger, mm-hmm. you know, with just, I don't know. It's just the way that whole, that whole song, it was just lyrically and just musically. It was great. I love the cover, um, which I guess is, it says it's a pastiche of three musicians by Pablo Picasso. Hmm. Yeah. But, um, yeah, the, the, the cover looks great and the, the album sounds beautiful. And so anyway, uh, I still listen to that, the album to this day. Do you have it? I have the the CD of it. CD. <laughs> hey, all right. Hey, 
it's almost blue on one side and uh, Elvis Costello's imperial bedroom. Show on, me. Oh, here we go. You gonna take a picture of that? There you go. Yeah, it's just a weird. It's the three musicians. It's great. It's oh, that is Picasso. It's, yeah, it's a beautiful cover. Yeah. It's not Picasso. It's kind of a, a I, I guess a, a an homage. Picasso E for sure. Yeah. So. Nice choice. Brilliant. For me, I still love. Yes. That. Still love that album. Very good choice. All right. Um, you got something else? I do. All right, go ahead. I see, I'm let's, cheating. Let's end it on the, that okay. one. Okay, I have two more. I'm not going. I, I right, was so deciding. Pick, pick a good one, or okay. you could, we could, or we can, we could do a tie if we touch on. Okay, I'm going to tell you which I picked. I have two, but I'm only going to talk about one. But I'm going to tell you what the second one is. Okay. So I have Duran Duran Rio because I can't. That can't go unmentioned. Okay. Um, for obvious reasons. I mean. Was it 80? Okay, I guess. Yes, it was released in May 82. Okay, yes, then it should be. But I'm going to go with In Excess, Shabu Shaba. Okay. Do you uh, know the album? I I do. I can't remember any of this. Oh, One Please Thing? Tell me. The One Thing? The One Thing is on. Yes. Okay. And Don't Change. Which yes. Love, love, That's love. That's a great one. I just, I love them. This was my, my entry. In, this is, again, not my favorite In Excess album. But this was my entry into In Excess, and I just love I just I love the band. I love Michael Hutchins and has loved him and his presence, and um, I just <laughs> I don't know where the name came from of the album Shabu Shaba, but it's an onomatopoeia of a rhythm in the song Spy of Love, which is on this album. As, uh, a, as a drummer, I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty interesting. Um, this is funny. They they their first U.S. performance was in San Diego in March 1983, and there were 24 people in the place. Their first show in the U.S. Yes. Yeah. And was it well, was this in support of Shabu Shaba? It was in. I don't, it, it must have been in support of Shabu Shaba, but it was support the artist. It supporting was Adam Adam and the Ants. That's a good show. And then uh, they supported the Stray Cats, the Kinks, Hall and Oates, and the Go Go's. And then they played. Do you remember this uh, at the S Festival? I didn't remember this day. I didn't go to the S Festival, but New Wave Day mm-hmm. at the S Festival. They played that. They did. Yeah. Then they stayed on the road because they just wanted to keep their their momentum going. They they supported Men at Work after that, and and then they started headlining by mid nineteen eighty three. They started headlining, but I just that's loved, how you uh, did. Yeah, you, loved, you just kept playing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> U.S. is a big big area that you got to. And yeah, they they did it right. Yeah. Um, okay, so do you want to just mention quickly your and your honorable mentions? All right, but we didn't touch on. I, I'll oh, never what? get a chance to talk. Wait, do you about have another her. one? No, no. That's oh right. no, go if you have another one for no, sure. No, that's fine because you know. But no, I was I was just going to just because we never talk about Linda Ronstadt and I love her oh. so much and this was her like last pop record and I love uh, her album Get Closer. Which I, I think she is a great song interpreter, and she I love her voice, and I love the song "Get Closer." But the whole album is just is really really great. What There's else some is great on stuff it? on there. Um, not the, a lot of uh, a lot of duets. Uh, I you know I think it's going to work out with James Taylor. Mm-hmm. He's saying uh, they did. Uh, oh, actually, this was the first time uh, "My Blue Tears" with Dolly and Emmy Lou, um, and um, she does a um, this brilliant, beautiful version of "Take Me Take." Take Me to Mendocino, um, which, uh, which is great. Um, and uh, Lindsey Buckingham plays accordion on that, huh. 
which that era for for musicians playing together. Apparently, Weird Al wasn't available. But, <laughs> uh, oh, and she also you know there's another duet with J.D. Souther mm. that she does. She 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 did a lot of duets with him. You know how many songs? I mean, J.D. Souther wrote so many. I know great 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 songs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway. Yeah, I don't need to touch on those. <laughs> that, that, I know. But, then we're, we're but straying anyway. from, but I love but, Linda, uh, Linda Ronstadt too. You're right. She does oh, deserve more than I an do, honorable but, mention. But, but when I do hear Get Closer, I think of the, the commercial, Get Close Up. Oh, God. And actually, I pulled up some YouTube <laughs> commercial because I wanted to see it. Uh, Tom Selleck is in there, is in um, is in a close-up commercial. You're kidding. Yeah, it's. These commercials were, were <laughs> I mean, in 2018, watching them, they're, they're horrible. Like, you know, woman's trying to work, and, you know, Tom Selleck's got his mind on other things. It's like, oh, your breath is so fresh. Shut up. I'm trying to work here. Do they end up? <laughs> oh, yeah, they end up kissing. Well, you know, it's their boyfriend-girlfriend, but, you know, Tom Selleck's got other things on his mind. And then the, uh, Susan Lucci was also in another close-up commercial. Oh, you're kidding. Yeah, it's, it's very funny watching these and. Was this you before know, the guy, All My Children? The guy, yes, before All My Children. And I guess close-up isn't around anymore, the toothpaste. I think you can get it as a close-out. Uh, probably. Uh, but, <laughs> but it's just watching these commercials. I'm trying to work. Uh, uh, but your breath is so fresh. I'll look. Yeah, so he's really harassing everyone uh, <laughs> in those commercials. But yeah, so anyway, shout-out to Linda, who uh, I love, love, love yes. so much. Um, and I, she did the... Na- I, I've seen a couple of pictures recently of her in a Dodger uniform. You know, she did the national yeah. anthem and her in, in her Dodger Yay. uniform is just super sexy. Go she's, Dodgers. She's, yeah. And Linda. And Linda. Go yeah. Linda, always. Uh, okay, so uh, appreciations uh, while we're wrapping this up. Uh, uh, I'm just going to list mine. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm just going to list them. You go. You you want to go? Go ahead. Go ahead. List yours. Okay, well, I'm going uh, Okay. <laughs> I'm putting a disclaimer on one. So Go-Go's Vacation, of course. Uh, Simple Minds, New Gold Dream. That was on mine. Yeah. Oh, and, and I, so was Vacation. And then this one is also X under the Big Black Sun. Yes, I actually have a copy of that. Oh, excellent. Do you know? Yes, go I, ahead and I, tell I, me something about it. Fun, I, I didn't even realize at the time. Um, that was uh, Exine's sister, which I knew she had, she died um, uh, because of uh, drunk driving or drunk driver. She was hit by a drunk driver, um, and she she died. And uh, Exine found out about it uh, just before going on stage at the Whiskey in '82 or in '81. And um, anyway, it's just super powerful. So there, this album is a lot of uh, relates a lot to that. I didn't that know that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, I, I didn't know it either. But I read John Doe has a has a book out, mm-hmm. and, and he interviewed a lot of people. And Jane Wheedlin was in the audience for that show. And she said, just like word kind of spread as because it was kind of a tight knit community. So like by the while well, the show was going on, everyone was learning of what was oh, going that's on. Awful. And but Jane says this was one probably the greatest show she's ever seen in her life. Channeling that, yeah. And Xine still says if you know she has to listen to an X album, this is the one that she she listens to is Under the Big Black Sun. This was their first. This was their major label debut. Yeah, with Hungry so, yeah. Wolf. So like songs like yeah. Riding in the Car with Mary, Come Back to Me, Dancing with Tears in My Eyes are all about her mm-hmm. sister. Great album, also that I love, um, that I go back to too. Hungry Wolf, uh, yeah, and, you know. Um, so yeah, that was on my list too. Well, I have one. I have two more that won't be on your list. Okay. <laughs> the next one is uh, Signals from Rush. Okay. And I only that it's I 
I'm not sure that I would say that was one of my favorite albums, but it brings I think back. That, that one might have been one of my favorites just because it was so different from that was yeah. them channeling the police and kind of their new wave record. In yes. More, more keyboard oriented. Yeah. You hit the, you hit the nail on the head for me. I am not, it's funny. Well, I love synth music and I love keyboards. Um, I am not a fan of rock bands incorporating uh, synth or uh, keyboards into their music. Oh, okay. That's weird. That's such a, That's not a, such weird, a weird but, thing. No, but, it was a, yeah, I think for the band, it was a good pivot. I, for, yeah. for me, it, it made sense. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, this is where we're going now. And Yeah. Priest produced a few hits to rock for rock radio yeah. uh, subdivisions. My other two are Squeeze, Sweets from a Stranger, sure. which had Black Produced Coffee by Elvis Costello. Mm-hmm. And then Toto 4, which we may have mentioned before. Okay. And those are mine. You, what do you, what okay. You? Yeah, I had a few, you touched on a few of those. Uh, you forgot Sparks. Angst in my oh. pants. Oh, yes, I did. <laughs> did you t- uh, Tom Petty, Long After Dark? Nope. Okay, that was a good one. Yeah. I actually, I think I own a copy of that. Uh, Culture Club, Kissing to be Clever. Why didn't that get that come up I on I don't mine? know. That's that was, weird. Yeah, that was a big, big yeah. Uh-huh. Just uh, I, That will be, when we talk about singles, that will be on there. Yes. Um, and Stray Cats, Built for Speed. That was, uh, <gasps> yeah. I missed these. Wow. <laughs> list of some of our favorites from 1982. Hey, we can't. Part two. We, and so. We can't sign off without doing our rock and roll quiz deck. So I'm going to pick up. Oh, part. as we always do. Yeah. And hopefully this will Oh, so now, now it's your turn. Yeah. Because on part one, you did it. Yes. Okay. Did you toss out the last yes, question? Yes, I did. Did you? Good job. <laughs> All right. Mixing did up. I mention how much I enjoyed watching you struggle for uh, the rock, the, for the, the, the heavy, heavy metal. metal one? Yeah, that was good. <laughs> All right, so let's hopefully we can do the same thing with this one. All right, I'd like ahead. to appear, appear smarter in my musical knowledge. That's all right. We'll pick a one near the top. Yeah. Pick a near on the, the top. left. Actually, it was towards the left. All right, that's why. I, that's what I go with on the left. Uh, uh, oh, okay. Yeah, you could do this. <laughs> I have faith in you. This is a good question. Um, it's a ten-part question. Oh God! Okay. <laughs> the biggest selling singles for each uh, for each year of the decade, uh, according to release date, are listed below. How many of the artists can you name? So it's kind of similar oh, to okay. to what we had. So yes, you can do this. So from 1980, from American Gigolo. Do you know the song? Call oh. Call Me. Oh. And who did that? Blondie. Okay, very good. So we're off to a good start. Okay. <laughs> Should I? Should I let you twist in the wind a little bit while I give you the... Whatever feels right to you. Don't <laughs> let me embarrass myself too much. No, never. Okay, from 1981, uh, we talked. We actually talked about this in our 1981 episode, just the, the, the bizarre video of uh, where they're, they're doing one thing. They're in a gym and they're working out, but it's clearly not about Physical? working. Yes, and who's saying that? <laughs> Olivia Newton-John. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, 1982... Uh, a woman rocker who's still rocking to this day. She loves rock and roll. Joan Jett. Yes. Very good. 1983. This is a band, a three-piece unit that is not Rush. <laughs> I, I'm trying to make, because when I say the song, you will immediately know. Three-piece, 1983. Uh-uh. We've, we've already talked about them. This was the, their last album they ever put out. The album, this is off the album Synchronicity. <laughs> How did I not think of the police when you said a trio? That's ridiculous. All right. I should be embarrassed. Not at all. Okay. Uh, from 1984. See, I'm trying to make it harder on you because it's so simple. A female singer. 
And it was all about her in 1984 when we weren't talking about Prince or Michael Jackson or Bruce Springsteen. We were, we were talking about this woman who actually, uh, she was on the MTV awards and she sang this song in a wedding dress. Oh, Madonna. Okay. What song (laughs) was it? Uh, Like a virgin. Very good. All right. 1985. This song had everyone, literally everyone except for Prince. Oh, uh, do they know it's Christmas? No. Oh, hands across. What's, uh, Hands Across America, right? The, uh, no. But, right. but you're in the neighborhood. I know what you're thinking. I'm, I'm, that's funny that you remember Hands Across America. But yeah, they recorded this after the, uh, the Grammy ceremony. And everybody showed up except for Prince. It was written by Lionel Richie. Yeah, I, I and know. And Michael Jackson. Quincy Jones produced it. On the door it said, leave your ego at the door. I, I know the song. I can't remember Of course the name. you do. I know you can't give me a hint without giving it away. Right. We are the world. Yes. <laughs> but oh, but what is the group? Well, it's not Band-Aid. No, but it was USA for Africa. Yes. There you go. Very good. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, good, hints. Watch, good hints. Good hints. <laughs> watching you twist. Yeah. All right. Uh 1986 um uh, uh, uh all-girl band from LA. Go-Go's? No. The Go-Go's had broken up by then. By then, they had broken up. Girl band from L.A. Yes. We were all doing this little... Uh, oh, the Bengals. Yes. What's the song? Walk Like an Egyptian. Correct. 1987 uh, was all about uh, this guy who had broken off from a duo. This was his first solo album. Yeah. Daryl Hall? No. <laughs> no. It was all about this guy. I mean, think of, uh, think of a jukebox. And and him. Graham? No, think of a juke. Think of the video. Think of a jukebox and a guy in jeans and uh, shaking his butt. Oh, George Michael. Yes, and the song. Faith. Yes, very good. Nineteen eighty-eight. Uh, okay, I, I will actually say the song and see if you can name the artist. Roll with it. Oh, Steve Winwood. Yes, very good. Um, nineteen. 19- Stevie Winwood. <laughs> Little Stevie Winwood. Uh, Nineteen eighty-nine. Um, another uh, woman. This was her. Uh, this was her. Her first album uh, earlier was a huge breakthrough with Terry Jam and uh, Jimmy Jam. Janet and, Jackson. Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. Janet Jackson, Rhythm Nation. No, well, Janet Jackson, but the song is. Es- uh, oh, Escapade. No, no that was es- later. Oh, what? M- miss you much. Yeah, I really, I really miss you much. I really miss you much. Yes. So there you go. Okay. Not bad. Thanks. All right. Very good. You were, you're good with the uh, well, I like, making the clues I'm, more difficult. I'm sending you twists. Uh, well, yeah, because you would have just breezed through that. So I'm trying to make it a little bit harder. Thank you. We're trying. All right. So there you go. Part two of our favorites from 1982. <laughs> Wrapping it up. Wrapping it up. So you can you can follow us on Twitter at WDDIM Podcast. Please. And follow us on Instagram. And you can find us in all your favorite podcast platforms. Yes, like and subscribe and do all the fun things. And message us. We yeah. want to hear from you. Oh, yes. I would love to hear from you. What was your favorite album from 1982? I would love to hear. I would too. That, I'm interested. <laughs> if you, you write in or send a comment or... Uh, we will, uh, we will actually we will definitely mention you on the air we're, <laughs> we're desperate for for listeners for, for subscribers for someone we don't know who's out there who's out there who can it be now who can 
There you go. They're from 1982. Men at work. Business as usual. <laughs> All right. So business as usual, uh, we sign off by saying... Thanks for listening. Over and out. Check you later. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.